Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. You're listening to episode number 279 right now. It's powered by DeerCast. You are Matt Drury. You are Tim Chelswick. And we're like an Oreo cookie. Huh. The cream this week, Steve Stoltz. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well, he's just, laughing. Just, I'm smiling. Just, I just, I know, I know so Steve sweet. for a long time, so he is like a cream. A cream yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of an old cream, but it's there. Yeah. Right? It's, it's curdled. Them. It's like, it's like, yeah, like wine. Wine gets uh, finer with age. Just oh. ask, just ask your old man, old yeah. man Winter. Cream actually does not get finer with old No, man. it separates and gets acidic. Yeah. yeah. So I brushed my teeth this morning. Thanks for having me here. Hey, thanks for coming in. Thanks for being had. So Steve's coming in to shoot some interviews for a new season of Natural Born. And, you know, when uh, these guys come into the studio, it's like, hey, let's have a let's have them on the podcast. Why and not? Then, then they say, oh, you guys have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> then we go to explain it. Steve's been on before. Unlike, we, I got news that um, Mark's farm manager, Wade Robinson, was recently on a... Um, another podcast, and he said that in the podcast, he said, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Well, so one of our listeners screenshot it and sent it to me. He goes, he must have forgot episode 170 when he was on your podcast. I go, well, we're pretty forgettable. Verse and chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is 279. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I like that number. Do you remember coming in to do the podcast before with us? Oh, Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it was a turkey. It was a turkey-oriented podcast. It was turkey. We've done turkey, and we've done deer. We've done history of deer outdoors. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. Great. Yeah. You've been a, is it once or twice? Uh, I think two or three times. Look at, at least. you. Yes, Steve. I'm, I'm. Yes. You're an old pro. I'm, I may ask and for a raise eventually. <laughs> From zero to one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some uh, Captain Crazy's nuts for you. <laughs> He doesn't get that joke because he doesn't listen. <laughs> now he's really uncomfortable. I don't think I want that. Do you guys ever get serious in this thing? No. Uh, sometimes no. when Mark is on. I, yeah, when we have guests, like, not not to say you're not a real guest, but when we have, like, somebody that we don't know. Adult supervision. <laughs> somebody that we don't know on. Yeah, we usually try to button it up a little. Less less of this. Uh, we, well, we say things like perchance. I see. <laughs> Call yes. guest sir. And you guys listen to this. Yeah, it's definitely. And watch it. It's not, it's, we just ran the numbers on it, and uh, actually a lot of people watch and listen to it, surprisingly. It must be addicting. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think it helps people feel better about themselves. <sighs> like, hey, I'm not the only knucklehead Other than out you there. and I. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, if y'all are wondering whether or not these two are having fun, they are. And, F-U-N. And, yeah. But on a serious note, really, I don't know if you've mentioned this, um, shout out to Tad Brown, our, our good buddy, lost Tad. his lovely wife, Pat, yeah. who mm. is part of our family. That's right. Yeah, the the uh, funeral and the wake and funeral are, are today. So Mark and Terry, Tracy and Will are both uh, are all four out there. So yes. sad, sad deal for Pat that, uh, you know, for 
Tad, Pat was his everything. So it, she was his everything, and to us, she was like family. She was the mother hen. Yeah. And uh, for many years, back in the Mad Call days, the early Drury days, yeah. uh, Pat was always, uh, of course, at, at at Tad's side. Tad was a huge part of all that. So. Yeah, that's uh, Tad's been on the podcast before, but it's been a little bit. But he he's kind of a. Um, the unsung hero of the Mad Calls days because he was behind the scenes and very instrumental. I, I mean, a lot of you guys were, but he actually were, was kind of in the um, trenches with with Mark and Trey. He lived there at Mark and Tracy's in their basement for a long time in Columbia when, when Mark was still living in Missouri. So there's there's a, a lot of history there that those behind the scenes, you know, know very well. Absolutely. So our, our thoughts and prayers with uh, Tad. Tad, we love you and um, we're thinking about you. Yeah, so. he probably doesn't listen, though. Well, <laughs> nice cinnamon, but he may I, listen to this one. Maybe so. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I reached out to him the other day. I feel I feel so horrible for him. He's yes. I mean, she she was his everything. Yes. So yeah. I, same. Uh, same here. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. I said I told him, I said, we love you like family. He's like, it couldn't be, you know, couldn't wish to be a part of a better family. So, yeah, you'll could, need a little bit of support. You could probably do a whole podcast series on significant others. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, what what our better halves have done for us to allow us to do whatever we've done in the, the outdoor. They're in industry. the trenches and they uh, they 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 take a lot of they take a lot to, to put up with what we do. Yeah. No question. Yeah. The time away and dealing with the kids while yep. you're gone, and it's tough. All right. Well, on that note, so, we better we better move on. Yes. So uh, this week's real wild clip, we'll tease it a little bit. If you've ever seen a deer with a jacked up rack, this deer in this clip is probably gonna beat it. There's one behind your shoulder there. It, yeah, that's a wacky. That was yours, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. What'd you call that deer? They had a name for it that wasn't safe for on air use and then oh. so they call it gargoyle okay but he was uh he was all kinds of jacked up when we killed we've talked about it on the podcast before but when we killed him when i walked up to him his his whole body like mm. it was real mushy like like spongy the whole body oh wow and um when we when we field dressed him and caped him he had a, like a white i don't know it was a i wouldn't say it was a disease of any kind but it was like Something was screwed up inside him. I don't know if he had gotten hit by a car the year before. We didn't find any, like... Wound. I was going to say, it sounded like, almost like a, some kind of bacterial infection. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It was yellow, white, pussy. It mm. was nasty. It stank. It, it was just gross in general. Yeah. Uh, so it was dream season 10. Nightmare season. So I'm assuming you did not, unfortunately, get to... He didn't no. make the table. No, I, I mean, I don't think it was safe to. No, yeah. it was... I, I think mean, you it, can get a tag replacement. Most conservation departments will, uh, allow, like, if they're not edible, they'll uh, they'll actually reissue your tag. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. do that. I don't... It's And that was so long ago. I mean, shoot, that was probably 20... No, I'm trying to think. Dream Season 10 would have been around 2006, maybe? Mm -hmm. 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. well, that was a long time that's ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah, we're yeah. aging ourselves here. Yeah. We don't want to do that. No. I imagine like eating that deer would be like like if the venison were like angel food cake. Cutting into Sponge. it. Spongy. <laughs> it, was, it was nasty. I mean, it was really gross. I, I don't know what the deal was. But like he came, when he walked out of the timber, he could barely walk. I mean, he was kind of like he's hunchbacked. Uh, it, it was real. That's what I call him gargoyle. I, it was a really weird 
situation. So I shoot him. And then back in those days, we were shooting the Thompson Center. So it was a single shot. Mm. It was probably like a 270 or something. It was one of those. Was it an Omega maybe? Anyways, so you have one shot. And shoot him. And he comes running towards us. And I'm trying to – because Dad's like, reload, reload. Dad was filming me. And it's the first buck I had shot in 10 years. Mm. It's because the the other first buck, my first ever deer, was on Dream Season 1. The, sure. the VHS series at that time. So this was 10 years later. And so I'd have been about 25 or so shoot him. He's running. And, and I was like, where is he? Dad's like, he's right below us. So I <laughs> just freehand kind of look down, boom, drop him in his tracks. And we go up to him and we poke him. <laughs> it was very <laughs> gross. Yeah. It was Spongy. really, yeah. yeah, it was SpongeBob. It was, there you go. Oh, that should have been his name. Yeah, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Where'd you shoot him? Like when he was right. Cause that's like, that's hard. I uh, shot him in the shoulder, I think, and dropped okay. him. Yeah. Time of year? It would have been gun season. It would have been... Gun some, Missouri? Yeah, Missouri gun gotcha. season. Uh, I believe, yeah, Missouri gun season. So mid uh, mid to no- November, probably opening weekend or somewhere around there. Okay. I'd, heck, the Missouri app is pretty cool, like the actual the conservation his, the history app. Aspect. Yeah, I could go back right now and find it and say, okay, it was excellent. It was on this date. So you, you go ahead, and I'm going to go look right yeah, now. <laughs> you go walk down memory lane. Steve, you are now a resident of Iowa. Correct? I am. I've been a resident of Iowa since 2011 now. Oh. 12, somewhere like that. <laughs> so been longer than I Quite a while. I yeah, I, I, I wanted to move there and get everything set up for retirement. I have not retired yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still I still have a place in St. Louis and still work in St. Louis. Uh, but I but I have a home up there and uh, move my residency up there. So and I commute back and forth, of course. Okay. Um, I'm off a lot. I'm off with the fire department schedule. I'm off two thirds of the year. So okay. uh, and that's contiguous. Like you're just gone for the, you know, a few months. No, no, it's not continuous. It, it's okay. a, it's a rotating uh, schedule. So I'm off four days, four days in a row about every other week. No, oh, nice. And and then and then between I'm off on two days in a row. So those two dayers and all of those four dayers I'm always at my farm and I Okay. Yeah. What kind of commute is that? Three hours and twenty minutes. No, that's door, not bad. doorstep to doorstep. So how are you managing because I, I know a lot of our listeners, their hunting property is at a distance from where they live. Yes. How do you manage that? Well, it's not easy. Um uh but uh luckily I in Iowa where I live I'm in I'm in southeast Iowa. Um, I got a lot of great neighbors, which yeah. is why I wanted uh, when I went to purchase a farm a few years ago, which I, by the way, got my first did purchase my first farm ever. Um, when I bought that farm, I wanted to buy it in a neighborhood where I had already established neighbors and friends yeah. over many, many years, even before I became a resident. When I first started hunting in Iowa in 1990, my brother and I, my brother and I first went up in the early Drury outdoor years before we even uh, produced monster bucks. Yep. Um, we start knocking on doors and we became friends with a lot of people in the area where I now own a farm. And so um, the reliance on the neighbors and the mm-hmm. friendships uh, with the neighbors. And when I mean my neighbors, these are the, the these are those people that you have a problem. They're there in, in five minutes. Um, uh, they're just, you know, or less. I mean, they're, they're always there for you. Uh, anything that you need done, uh, whether it be need help with tractor work, need help with 
food plotting, uh, and same goes for them. When I'm up there and they need help, I help them. Anytime I any and you know, because a lot of them are in the big whitetails and mm-hmm. managing, and so I've kind of helped them along with uh, along the way as well. So um, best best thing I can describe is have a good security system on your home. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, you know that that monitors your temperature. Um, your course, uh, if anybody would break in, things like that. Overflowing um, toilets. Yes. Be able to uh, operate your your temperature from your phone and have mm-hmm. an alert to your phone of what temperature your home is yeah. at all times for when you're gone. Um, and then have great neighbors that are willing to, you make a phone call from three, four hours away. You can say, hey, my door's uh, showing my door's open at my house. Can you go check? There's cattle in there. Or there's <laughs> something going on at the farm. Somebody's called. Uh, I need a dress now. And mm-hmm. uh, they're able to go in and handle that. So um, and the farm's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. How many acres do you have? Well, I bought 153. Yeah, it's a nice, that's a perfect size track. Yeah, it is. However, um, as I head towards retirement and to get completely out of debt, I'm going to have to sell 60 acres. Yeah. Um, but I'll own 95. I'll turn out when it all settled, dust settles, I'll own 95 of the best part of it. Mm. I'll have four different food plots on it with box blinds on those food plots. I'll uh, have, I don't know how many muddy tree stands in, uh, ladder stands is what I put up mm-hmm. now. Um, so that I'm, I'm keeping the best 95 that's that's really... Um, the hunting I'm, part. I'm not losing hardly any of my hunting. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing is I'm going to zero debt into retirement. Yeah, that's I'll, huge. I'll that's own great. the farm free and clear. I own the house that's sitting on it, which, by the way, we just built. Yeah, that's nice, too. It's a pretty, pretty little house. I thought you um, said it was a dump. Oh, well, off air, Tim. <laughs> oh, okay. I heard it's really nice. Well, it, it is. And I, I, you know what? Every time I go... As soon as I, as soon as I show up to my Iowa house, I clean house, and you know how I do that? I mm. press one button. What? Zoom, you got a I got a Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you that's, must be rich. That's my house cleaning. Jeez. Better hope no dogs pooping in your house. They'll drag that turd all over the place. No, sir. <laughs> so whenever I, I'll get up there and the, the trips that I go w- without my wife, which is uh, often because Most she's trips because wives don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wives don't care about farm. She's still working as well. And we, you know, of course, have grand uh, grandchild in St. Louis area. But uh, I'll call her and I'll go, yep, I'm cleaning house. And she'll go, did you clean the bathrooms and dust and all that? I'm like, no, no, no. Roomba's clean, taking care of it, okay? The floor is clean. (laughs) (laughs) Clean enough. It's so, yeah, that, that's how I manage it is good, good neighbors. And, um, I, I go there ever since I became a, a resident of Iowa uh-huh. because I was very strict, as you know, with their residency laws. Um, I, I've made it a, a point to be actually be a resident of Iowa, yeah. vote there, be there, be there two thirds of the time that I'm, you know, the time that I'm off the fire department. And so I've developed a life up there that I love. And be honest with you, I it's love it. It's a wife, a I, life without the wife. A life without the wife, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but I love it up there uh, in my, I just love it up there. I, I hate going back to St. Louis. I, I'm really looking forward to retirement where I can be yeah. up there permanently and yeah. say, you yeah. know what? I don't have to go back to St. Louis and when I want to go, unless I want to go see my grandson. Yeah. yeah. Or get shot. Or my wife. Yeah. 
Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so you're saying you're not coming I'm back. I'm saying Dawn's yes. not probably listening to this. No. Yeah. This no, we could pretty much tell you yeah, she's, none of our wives are listening. None of our wives are listening. <laughs> this is a free pass. That's right. <laughs> hey, real quick. So I looked it up. I killed that deer on November 18th, 2006. I checked it at 9.25 p.m. Scotland County. Wow. Oh. There you go. You the, 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 and that took me like all... 30 seconds to find it it's is cool. a very cool but you don't have very many kills in there no that's so. the that's number two <laughs> that's why it's easy to find yeah <laughs> <laughs> i scrolled to the bottom no that's that's it i mean i would have only have had two other kills previous to this and, and, and a few turkey kills previous to this and it was probably before they i don't know like mm-hmm. what year they start entering these into the app i, I don't know yeah uh, by the way, back on the subject of the farm and managing from a distance, shout out if you ever are watching this. I know I know one or two of my neighbors are going to watch this because they Steve watch it. Shout out, guy. They, they, shout out. Shout out to my neighbors for, for helping me and being there for me. Um, I just can't thank you enough. That this, this That's what makes America so great, in my opinion, is be able to do what we do and do what we do for a living yeah. and 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 uh you know farmers are the heartbeat of america man you can't yeah. i mean it's like military you can't you can't live without them you can't That's live right. without they them. so you got a problem they say yo i'll solve it yep yep <laughs> and they solve it a, a, a ways that i i agree with personally <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> I didn't mean that way. Like rural, okay. rural justice? Yes. <laughs> yes, a little John Wayne justice. Oh. They, got, they got their pitchforks by the door. They got a torch that's ready to go anytime. That's right. That's right. It's like John Wayne toilet paper. You know how that, that's described. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Rough, tough, and don't take well, any crap off anybody. We, but y'all don't say that. <laughs> we got into a diversion last episode on um, Westerns. What, what about West? Oh, that's right. Bonanza. And I guarantee you, Steve here probably he, watched he watches some Westerns. Bonanza. Well, my neighbors do. And I spend a lot of time at my neighbor's house. And I'm not going to lie to you. We drink a little bourbon every once in a while. Appreciate your honesty. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mean like today. I meant like back in the day oh, when okay. you were younger, you probably watched. Oh, yeah. Hoss. <laughs> Joey. Little Joey Courtright. Cartwright. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> okay, so if I know it, you don't. No, if you're if you're from St. Louis, you say Courtright. Yeah. It's like you say barbecue. Horse. Barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Horse. Horse. That's South County. Yeah. Hardy oh. far. I find myself if I'm deep south, you know, like on a turkey hunt or whatever, and by the time I, you know, the southern Mississippi, my my uh, extended yeah. family in southern Mississippi, hope you're watching this podcast. You probably aren't, but uh, <laughs> when I'm when I leave there, I'm 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 talking more like this when I leave. If you know what I mean. Yeah, that's not really a great accent, though. I no. mean, like, it's not a good version of it. No, not at all. But uh, at least you understood it's really me. really bad. Young, too. Yeah, yeah. At least you understood me. Yeah. I mean, my whole life, I've, I've noticed that Mark and Terry, depending on the crowd, will start talking a little more like... Like that, yeah. yeah. You it's, gravitate towards it, sure you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, politicians here in Missouri, depending on where they are, it's either Missouri or Missouri. They're, Which is the it, most it, annoying thing. Missouri is the most annoying thing I've ever, ever, ever heard. people do not call it Missouri. Nobody does. Yeah. Only a politician. So I Missouri. was, we were all born and raised in Missouri, and Missouri definitely is I the mean, state where... You were not? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can go to hell. North Central him. Illinois, starved rock country. Oh, you were a true Yankee. <laughs> a true Yankee. 
Matt and I, yeah. we could we're winners. We could we go, were south of Mason we could go across the body of water and whistle Yankee Doodle Dandy on one side and Dixie, Dixie on the other. about the outlaw That's Jersey right. Whales? That's that, well, there you go. One of the best movies ever made. Agreed. Now we're going to talk about it. Learned doctors for me and Steve, <laughs> yes. but not for you, loser. Guess not. Oh, I was on the winning side. <laughs> All right. If you, unless you're in the Cards Cubs rivalry, you're in the losing side. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's touchy. Yeah. So well, where, where you're at in Iowa, do they call it pop or do they call it soda? Soda. Okay. No question. All yeah. right. Now that we've got all the pressing questions out of the way, let's talk some white tails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Steve, all right. Going into this year, I know you like you've, you that piece of property that you bought was that a lease before you bought it, or what was it something you were hunting before you bought it? No, I never hunted it. No. So the hmm. lease that you had hunted for a long time, that was the one you had lost before you bought this piece. That's correct. Okay. Yes. So <clears throat> what is this the first season you'll have on this farm? No. Nope, not at all. Um, so this is the actual third season I'll have. Okay, so it. third season in, do you have For, some good deer you're chasing? I do. I, I've got mm-hmm. a couple that are bonafide shooters. I'm not saying bonafide. They're, yeah, they're in a bonafide. They're not. Uh, they're not Mercury class. Look, none of our deer are. Okay, um, you know, none of them are the 200 inch type deer uh, that would excite your uncle Mark. Um, but I did show him pictures at dinner the other day of, uh, one of them. I bet he loved that. And he, he, yeah, another picture. (laughs) Oh, great. And, uh, he did agree that, that one is, uh, probably mid one seventies. He starts tapping Steve on the head. Good job. really great. (laughs) Look at you. One, that's great. That is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, they all look big when they're in velvet. Well, sure. So it's the old, uh, the old saying it looks like a 160 uh, with velvet and 115 with when, the, when they lose the velvet. So. That's what she said. If I had a nickel for every time I said that saying. Yeah. One <laughs> it looked bigger. <laughs> I just saw that on Facebook. 160 to 160. <laughs> I was in the pool. I was in the was pool. <laughs> but right, if, just walk if, around with those things. If the deer is uh, showing, he's showing he's five and a half year old type buck, maybe six and a half. Um... And uh, I call him Mr. Clean, and he's just a very, very clean ten-pointer. Symmetrical. Yeah. symmetrical. He doesn't. I'm not into uh, scoring as far as. Uh, uh, Let's hear it. Net score. Okay. As Gene and <laughs> Barry, Gene and Barry Wentzel always said, nets are for fish. That's right. Uh, so in a gross total score, um, great, great deer. Uh, gross to net. If you're into that, uh, he won't won't be much deduction on them. Uh, yeah. It seems Mostly like the unhappiest of hunters are into net scores. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you're probably offending a lot of people, but I mean, we, we don't care about that kind of stuff. It just, it, the deer is what it is. I don't, I don't get the obsession with it. Do you? Well, here's, can I interject? Can I finish? You can finish. No, go ahead. Uh, a score is a man given item to a, 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 an animal. Is it? Right. I mean, we MG, came, right? We, we meaning man, man mankind, kind, ge- came up with this a kind man came way, up with this way to measure an animal. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that animal, we're, we're measuring everything in inches. Yeah. That animal is, <laughs> what's the mankind measurement? That, on that animal's box? what, what it was when, it, you know, when it, Genetically, when it, you know, this is going down the tube fast. Yeah, it's kind of. But <laughs> I, I you should let Tim finish his thought. <laughs> point I'm trying to make is um, let's hear it. <laughs> I just 
think that too much <laughs> emphasis is on score. And, oh, sure. And, and, and score, we got to remember, is a man-given item to a whitetail. And so the beauty of the whitetail is its uniqueness and individual quality of each individual whitetail. We got to the point here. Yeah. I like it. You brought so, it back around. Yeah, there you go. Tim, you finish your thought now. I, 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 I started have no idea. This. I don't know where I, I got was. You got job. <laughs> Come on, finish up. I'm stuck on man given. Hi, man. I keep seeing like a guy bestowing a, a score a to a deer. You are 148. I do think it's kind of funny. Like when I hear, you know, guys back home or whoever, you know, like my neighbor, he, he was helping me one day last week and his brothers were at his house He's like yeah he, he killed a nice 10 pointer and you know like you the, the kind of old that's how i grew way up is, was just yeah that's how everybody pointer, grew 10 up pointer, whatever. a 10, 10 point a 12 point if you got a 10 pointer holy shit you're really mm -hmm. doing something right you know? right and so it's funny to hear it now because i'd, I'd just you know is hey, it a man given 10 pointer or a regular 10 pointer? <laughs> well, he was a, you know i always think i wonder 140 130 150 what are we talking here and it's just like I wonder what percentage of people actually care at all about score. Like if there's 12 million deer hunters, how many do you think That's actually know squat about a score? Maybe 5% or less. You think or less? I mean, cause the majority of the hunters out there are just going for gun season and right. Yeah. And, and, and then if you kind of filtered out that group by how many could actually score a deer, because I've even oh, heard, yeah. I've, I've heard Mark say, like you show him a picture, he's like, it's it's hard to really score deer based on a picture. You need to see all the angles, you see the body. It's nice to see him in relation to other deer. It's I see people throw out scores all the time, and I'm like, it's yeah, just an arbitrary people, number you threw out. Well, send me Instagram message like, what do you think he'll score? I'm like. Mm, 150 140 like i have no clue man i'm devastated <laughs> <laughs> like what do i know yeah i, I mean I, I would love we had um this program that one of our guys here made a long time ago that like <clears throat> it would give you a score on a picture it was like a program he created. It's called a random number generator. And it was, <laughs> you had to have some assu basic assumptions, you know, so like uh -huh. length of ear and, you know, basic assumptions about a deer's an anatomy. And it would take those measurements and then measure the rack out. And it was actually within 10, you know, within 10 inches. I mean, that's a big difference. But like to just have a picture and not have all the angles or mass measurements, like, pretty good actually but yeah we didn't do anything with it because it was 10 inches as well i mean that's a big difference obviously it is, it is. yeah yeah it was gross boon no he was 160 not so yeah. much 10 inches is 10 inches 200 dollars so, is 200 dollars can't argue with that hey <laughs> that's not like terry it was uh john odell i believe <laughs> the other terry yeah young man winter we yeah. call him sorry john we He's love old. you he doesn't listen don't worry <laughs> Here's a you question. can name every person on this on our team, and they're I can not tell you listening. Who's listening? Who's not? Also, one person. <laughs> There's an Easter egg in, the sh in this show later on about that very fact uh, about so John Odell and two hundred dollars. So, so circling back to give it away. Circling back to inventory. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, inventory is looking great, and your uncle Mark has put me on a uh, lease. A 510-acre new lease that actually Dave, really nice of him. Uh, jury outdoor member <laughs> Dave, Dave Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Uh, Dave Kramer was originally going to uh, grab this lease, and he kind of fell into a different lease closer to where he lives in Iowa. Yeah, I think his his is uh, with a brother that's with, got a uh, bunch of ground. Yes. Now. Yeah. And so I 
it fell into my lap, which nice. um, we worked out a, a deal, uh, kind of a long-term deal Sweet. Uh, for that lease. And the property has not been hunted heavily. I found out it had been, it has been hunted by one individual, but not hunted hard for about 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So they're um, getting some great pictures on that on nice. that lease. Nothing world-class once again, but some really nice, a uh, few nice upper end here. Are, are so. you running cell cameras? Or? I am. I'm running okay. reconics cameras and cell cameras and I'm running, uh, I've got, I don't know, probably eight cameras running on the 510 right now. I'd like to put out more. Sure. Um, is there a lot of ag on that? A lot of tillable? There's no ag on Holy the actual shit. farm. It's all. That's a lot of timber. Big, pretty timber and hay fields. Oh, hay fields. Hey, of hey. which. Yeah. <laughs> Of which uh, <laughs> the biologic is going in the ground this fall. There, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've already burned several spots for food plots. I'm gonna put in the future more food plots. Just, this whole thing kind of just fell in your lap. Yeah, fell in my lap just nice. within the last few months. So not the time to get the food plots in. I'd like to, but certainly time to get a few fall food plots in all fall. Yeah. Uh, Shouldn't you be, isn't that like this week, next week? I just, well, I'm, I'm in the process. Yeah. yeah. I leave up, uh, I get off work Sunday and I'll go up and actually burn and yeah. plant. Uh, I've, I've burned the chemical burn yeah. and then I'm going to, uh, actually do a live burn. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to match it up. Sick burn. I'm going to burn her off. And then, uh, (laughs) Ross, what was that? George W. George H. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to burn it off. I'm going to burn it. Sit down. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. That's him. That's Dana Carvey. That's Dana Carvey doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to. So, uh, I'll get, I'll get the biologic in the ground, get the fertilizer in the ground and get a couple food plots going on that farm. I, I'll know, I know this just by, uh, putting, uh, mineral out of course analogics and starting to get inventory and putting the feed out for the deer getting a lot of great pictures i think if we put some food in the ground it's going to draw those deer out to uh to to a to a good spot to maybe yeah. try and get a harvest there Sweet. You know, so, yeah. steve as far as like you know when deer season starts for you so october 1st is the start for iowa mm-hmm. when if you have non-cell trail cameras When's the last time you'll go in and check them before you hunt? Like, what? When do you want to like make sure that you're not adding any intrusion to the area, but you're still checking? Yeah. So, um, for me personally, uh, anything inside the timber, as soon as I set change, uh, there's a period that you change your cameras from either mineral and or feed or both stations to. So like if you have feeders or corn piles, if it's legal in your state to do that, mm-hmm. uh, mineral, if it's legal in your state to do that, if not just uh, feed areas, uh, areas where they come out to feed generally is where I like to trail cam. Uh, I like early season, summer and early fall. I, I like for them to come out to the camera. I don't like to go okay. deep into timber for pictures. So then then there's a time you'll switch over and your Uncle Mark and Terry talk about it all the time. Uh, you you want to switch your cameras over late September, early October to all scrapes. Um, I, mm. I I go to all uh, basically change change those cameras that were on mineral, that were on feeders, that uh-huh. were on uh, analogics, whatever you uh, again legal to do in your state. I'll switch them to actual scrapes. Once those cameras go to scrapes, that's when I stop the intrusion. 
if okay. that makes sense. Um, my, especially the cameras that I put on scrapes in timber close to bedding, mm -hmm. things like that. That's when I'll just let that camera run with a very high memory chip in it mm -hmm. and basically getting the, that Im information for years after this year. Mm -hmm. I'm not really looking for inventory and or pictures to help me to, to, to get a deer that year. Unless I just happen to be going right by that camera uh -huh. and I'm intruding anyway, I'll pull the chip and get that information now. So then the, the feed areas, the food plots, the outside fringe areas, the destination feed, that's where I'll set the cameras up on scrapes. Okay. And that's where I'll only go in if I feel I need to check that camera, only when the wind is correct with very low intrusion. Mm, okay. Midday. Mm. Sure. So it just depends on where you have the camera set. Okay. Can you put any mock scrapes out? Absolutely. I'm, I've always been big. That's in. right. You did. You had a piece that uh, that you put on. It was on Natural Born. Now that I think of it, two years ago, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was really informative. Yeah. If if I don't have a scrape to, that's already <clears throat> open, uh, I make a scrape. Because if you put the buck smells out there, deer will come to it. And what I've noticed over the years, and I'm no biologist. I have no degree in wildlife uh, biology. But my, my observation in 61 years of doing this are... Not actually 61. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Maybe 51. Um, there you go. In the many years I've been doing this, um, I just think that a buck will cross urinate over another buck's smell at least once. And you, we all know that all you need to do is get one picture of a good deer. And that tells you not only, that tells you so many things. A lot of people will see one picture and they panic. They'll think, oh my gosh, he's just visiting or he's a stranger or he, he he's, he's shy to cameras and they start reading all this stuff into it no the reality of it is you got a picture of him a you know he's there b that's all you need to know c to d figure out how to kill him a to d really a to quick. d it, it's, it, it, it don't read more into the fact that that deer is on camera and whether he shows up again there or not, you know, he's alive, you know, he's there and he's close because I've always said this. I've said this on previous podcasts. I think most hunters don't take in consideration that if you're getting a picture of a buck in front of a camera, he's not living far from that spot. So mm. intrusion is huge. You don't want to push him off that spot. And and if you kind of treat it as if he's within, I always say, treat it as, as if he's betting within 100 yards of that camera, of that picture you're getting of him, mm -hmm. you'll, never, you'll never bump him out of there. You'll never intrude on him too much. Now, <clears throat> there's certain times a year, though, where certainly if you get a picture, you know, when they're like during the rut or something, you know, you, their home range it expands so much certainly doesn't necessarily mean he's a homeboy but doesn't you know so i would think time of year plays a little bit into it, that it absolutely does and it's a good point which is why my scrapes and my in timber scrapes i use for next year mm -hmm. and the next year's information because many times a buck will move in start breeding does and he is a stranger. You don't maybe don't have any pictures of him throughout mm -hmm. the summer or fall. And now all of a sudden you're getting pictures of this great deer on November the 13th when they're in lockdown because he's coming in and breeding mm -hmm. a doze in that area. So maybe around November 10th, 
11th, get the right wind conditions, mm-hmm. right weather, go to deer cast, make sure all your conditions are perfect to hunt that particular stand that's in that security cover. Yeah. And you got a chance at killing that buck, even though you might not have any pictures of him the next year yeah. because he frequents that doe bedding area about mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, that's that exactly my strategy for this year for one specific deer that we had, I mean, pictures of last year. He was kind of an early season up through the end of October and man, middle to end of October, just hammering some scrapes back in the timber and we never could catch up to him. It was like, man, we were on the fringe of his, I think of his circle and he was a giant then. And we've gotten some pictures, I think him this year. And my strategy is going to just be looking at last year's photos, trying to figure out a game plan. Mm -hmm. We've planted a couple new plots for this deer and hopefully he continues that that pattern from last year because i know once the you know november hits he's gone sure and uh, i firmly believe that's going to be the case again this year Mm -hmm. so absolutely um it's amazing you know you wouldn't think a wild animal would have that kind of i don't know it's like a a memory burnt in of hey i go here during this time yeah but mark and terry have proven it time and time again i'm sure you have as well it's like no they can they'll do these patterns generally speaking around the same time of year in the same places yes yeah not always but a lot of times yes yes you can use that information to your advantage yeah absolutely personal question for you steve yes have you ever taken a leak into a scrape i have never grown the cojones to do that, but my brother has, and many of my friends have, of uh, just experiment, and it's never really affected anything. Yeah. Maybe if anything else, it's made that scrape more active. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Aaron, not advocating it. Yeah, Aaron Bennett swears by it. He'll piss in every scrape he walks by, and I've, I mean, Even I've done it. I, I haven't seen any like negative effect to it. Certainly. Here's what I say about urine. And this is, again, the many I'm years pissing. about urine. This is what I say you about tell. Uh, Hold uh, on. Uh, pissing in the woods. <laughs> you and me go pissing I, in the woods. I, I, okay. I, I refrain. So I keep a bladder with me. Huh. I keep yeah, a, it's in your belly. No, no. I keep a, a, <laughs> you have an internal one? A, 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 want something that I piss in, okay? Okay. Um, and I just do. Uh, and what I use, by the way, here, a little tip. I go just to a, to a dr- drug store. Or, um, I mean, if you can go to Walmart, uh, to their pharmacy area, they'll sell uh, actual hot water bottles. Oh, the, yeah. the old hot, where you unscrew uh-huh. and then put a hot, hot, boiling hot water in there to, like, use for a hot pad. Hot water bottle. They still sell them in pharmacies. Uh, and they're, they're not cheap. They might be 20 bucks, 25 Jeez, bucks, whatever. Rich. But here's the key. They don't leak. They don't leak. I've, uh, and prior to using the hot water bottle, I never found any container or anything that you could piss in contain your pee. that would contain the pee. So, <laughs> and the scent. Where I'm worried about scent is not pissing in a scraper, not pissing in a leaf somewhere. What I'm worried about is if I urinate in the woods, I don't want a doe to walk up and, and, and that be offensive to her. And if Buck's following her and then like she goes, yes. I spare this. and she there goes, it. no, she's seeing MPAs. Like I'm offended. There, 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 there blows your deal right there because you oh, just, <laughs> you just freshly pissed in the woods and some smart doe, which those does are pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, uh, some smart doe, 
just uh, happens to come through and and get spooked from get you for a public the, indecency. The fresh <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, my dad decided yeah. that your mom was really hot. <laughs> that dough. Yeah, that's that what dough. I. That dough. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Steve, I don't know that you knew this coming in to the podcast, but we're child, we're children. We can't like verifiably a lot of things there that I just couldn't contain my laughter. About. Uh, no, I, I get it, I get it. But we're we're talking about pissing in the woods. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is the subject. I, I did it. I did it last year on a hunt, and first, like I went and sat down. I was on out of ground out of a ground blind, and uh, I went and sat down, and not five minutes later. Uh, a young fork walked up and checked the scrape and then peed in it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any. I'm sure there's, you know, maybe studies on it or deer biologists would tell you otherwise, but I've never seen any adverse effect. I mean, and like during the rut, when you're putting in all that tree stand time, we just pee out the side of the tree stand. Right, I mean, right. And that is like, as a guy, there are very few things that are more impressive than peeing out of a 20-foot tree stand. Well, why is that impressive? You're trying I, to hit like a leaf? It's like a friggin' waterfall. Oh. I don't know if that's impressive. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> well, you come watch. No, I don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. But I will say, if you do get the water bottle from the pharmacy, make sure you rinse it, empty it, and rinse it out every that's night. Because they will start stinking quick. Remember when we had T-Bone on? He was talking about his... <clears throat> I, don't, this, I don't know what episode it was. It was probably a couple years ago. T-Bone had a camera guy that had to go number oh, two. Yeah. And they had like a this gallon Ziploc bag <clears throat> that the guy went into. Ew. But then the next day they were out hunting. The guy forgot to take the bag out of his Ooh, backpack. That's worse. Relax. I got to go number one, but it could be number two. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we're past <laughs> that's really well, cool. we've covered all the duty topics. <laughs> yeah, that just about does it this week, everybody. Yeah. I don't know if the audience knew what they were getting in for with the C Stilts podcast this week, but uh, we covered pee and poop for a while. <laughs> but somehow or another, we always circle to no, that. Always goes back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's part of daily life. Do you guys yeah. want to see this wacky rack buck? I guess Tim, it's the wackiest. Down in Texas, hunting with Mark Freeze. Let's check. All right, let's check out the real wild clip of the week. All right, so this, this yeah. deer is walking in. Oh, they got some trail camera pictures of him, and he is... His right side is growing about the eye level. A little lower, almost like it's almost a mouth... It swoops they down. They always say they're eye guards. This is a mouth guard. Yeah. <laughs> He's, what are we looking Ma at here? So, so Mark, Mark shot this deer. Okay. And he's and you, you you think like when you look at it you think oh that maybe maybe there's something like the pedicle is broken and the the right side is hanging down. Mark is about to grab this deer by the antlers, and uh, it's it's solid. That's the way that deer's antlers is growing. Yeah, it grew that way. You wonder what kind of injury or deformity that thing had to have early on for it to grow so solidly that direction that far south i i think it, obviously it was an injury and or deformity deformity and i, I, and I why didn't we show the kill <laughs> like, <laughs> it's graphic who edited this matt a some kid <laughs> but it does show matt how uh, tenacious whitetails are well sure yeah like he, that i would imagine would be a hindrance to that deer's oh just with daily. the ladies alone <laughs> He's not getting any does. 
Well, you, remember Sloth from The Goonies? Yes. That's who he reminds me of. Hey, you guys. Maybe. He probably had a lot of luck with the Terry Drury does, which they were blinding him one eye and couldn't <laughs> see out of the other. way can kill him. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't see out of the other. Don't ninja. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. He's also not listening. <laughs> no, no, he's probably not. <laughs> Terry do be killing does. He might have caught the first couple minutes and then he tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> where, uh, Steve, where do you stand on shooting some early season does? Um, I think that's the best time to shoot them. Um, I think a lot of people wait too long to start shooting does. And then when you get to where they're starting to come into estrus, uh, you know, it's it's not high, highly recommendable to, to, you know, on November 1st to shoot a doe uh-huh. with, with the possibility of a, of a good buck following her. Although I have done that and shot that good buck uh, kind of trailing uh, later and, and, and think, man, I, I, I almost screwed up here and it didn't cost me. But uh, you, I think early season is the best, best time to harvest. The tough white, thing is knows. with whitetail hunting, <clears throat> there is not always a negative feedback loop for you. You don't know. Like if you take that shot on a doe, you don't know the buck that you maybe just spooked. You don't get that feedback. It just happens out of sight and out of your awareness. And uh, So here's, here's what I would recommend, just me personally. If you're on to a good, first off, early season, I'm not a, big, I'm not a morning hunter for early season, personally. Yeah. Uh, I don't start morning hunting until probably almost, almost November, basically. Um, sometimes a little late October, but mostly usually about November 1st. Is, mm-hmm. Here in the Midwest is about when I start uh, morning hunting. Uh, I'll go by DeerCast. Um, since DeerCast, their algorithms are so, in my opinion, so accurate as far as when when the movement starts looking good in late October, early November, mm-hmm. that DeerCast is saying you need to be in a tree stand in the morning. That's when I start. Mm-hmm. But early season, I don't want to mess up a deer that's bedding close to that feed. Uh, he's in his routine. You've went through great pains all year to make sure that you haven't intruded, that you haven't bumped him out of there. And he's yeah. still working and he's still in his home core area, his little bedding area and doing his little feed routine. Uh, I don't want to mess that up in the morning going in on a tree stand uh, and mess his routine up uh, and literally take a chance of not being able to see him that evening in that mm-hmm. same spot. So my whole early season is all just afternoon and evening hunt, hunts. That being said, what I would recommend, since this is me hunting and what I do f- for big whitetails, if you're onto a, a good buck in a particular spot, either refrain from shooting a doe there, or if you want to take a doe there, do it earlier in the afternoon, uh, maybe within a certain time frame from the time you climb the tree. Yeah. Say, say it gets dark at 6 o'clock in the evening where you're at, and you climb the tree at 2.30 or mm-hmm. 3 o'clock. If you get a doe show up the feed at 4, 4.30, maybe take her out. Uh, it's not going to disturb much. It probably won't even disturb him if he's bedded not far away. But as it gets closer to the evening buck movement time, I would re- probably refrain from shooting a doe. We had this exact conversation last week talking about our kind of our calculus for taking a doe and if we're going to. And one of my things was I, I, I get nervous about having a bloody arrow in the set right in front of me. I don't think that bothers him. I mean, so what do, what do you think? Like what's been no, your No, bloody arrow is not the issue. The issue is disturbance when that buck. So a, a good buck that's bedded close to his food food source, which usually they are, uh, which is why in your Uncle Mark and and, and uh, uh, your dad. Terry. Have, Terry. They've, they've preached for so long about building, building to that buck, building that 
that uh, that putting planting mm -hmm. that food plot close to where that buck is Pla bedded. Yeah. Uh, uh, plant, you know, plant to your position. Plant to your position, and 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 put that. You know, they even do go so far. They'll set their blinds up sometimes, set up for that particular buck. For a particular win, I mean, they've got it down to a science. Obviously, mm -hmm. the proof proof is in their results. So, you know, they're shooting great whitetails every year. But more importantly, that deer, uh, to, if you don't want to, you know, uh, you know, screw the pooch, so to say, he is. I wish you wouldn't talk like that. He, he <sighs> is. I'm sorry. He is looking for anything to tell him to not go there. Okay, so if he here, you know, if it gets time closer to time for movement for him to get up and, you know, we talk about urinating, urinate, you know, flex his muscles, start feeding, moving out to that feed, whether it be 100 yards or whether it be 300 yards. And he starts hearing blowing and snorting and and stomping and running and all the things that's tied into maybe you shooting a doe yeah. uh, disturbance. Yeah. He may not show up that night. And that, yeah. that's just how big whitetails sure. operate. He may say, you know what? I'm just going to lay here for another I've, I've, I've four lived, hours. I've lived five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half years I'm now. I'm on a good run. And, and yeah, I'm, on a, <laughs> I'm on a good run here. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm on a good run. Look at my man-given rack. <laughs> <laughs> my man-made, my man-given rack. And so they're, you know, you don't want to mess that up. Yeah. I, and I, I just don't think it's worth the chance, you know, for, for, uh, freezer meat. I mean, I think it depends on what your goals are, you know, or what kind of deer you have on your property. If you're managing like high end managing, you know, I like the guys I know, Mark, they very rarely shoot early season does. It's usually late season. They go, you know, that's when they start taking yeah, them out. Yeah. They'll ham on them. That's but usually once they've tagged out. Yes. And, yeah. But, but terry's crew they are shooting does early season like he shoots a ton of does early season but he's not shooting them in his best spots right you know what i mean right. like it's a lot it's a lot of times it's like the perimeter edge type yep. of food Good plots point. and he's almost got like food plots far killing does yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean which so. goes along with what i'm mentioning i mean if you're it, 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 it could, because it depends on the spot. I mean, if, yeah. if you're onto a big whitetail and you don't want to disturb them, you may want to hold off on yeah. shooting a he's, doe right there. He's not there. going to the center of the property and walking yeah. a doe. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I've noticed is that does tend to respond the worst to bloody arrows. And it's and it's they not, respond the worst to everything. Yeah, they're they're turds. <laughs> But it seems like they respond worse to arrows with a little bit of gut material on it. Like the few does I've shot a little far back, something about that gut smell really sets them off. Well, it's it's horrible. It's <laughs> yeah. horrible. But you wonder if it like triggers something like that shouldn't. There's no like that shouldn't be here. Hey, Debbie got shot in the guts. <laughs> what, what the hell? What happened there? <laughs> well, bottom line is, if you think you're gonna mess your, you know. Uh, you're hunting up for that evening for a targeted buck. You may want to hold off. Uh, and to Matt's point, set up, set yourself up for success in that hang some stands for, for, for doe killing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are doe travel corridors that oh, yeah. typically bucks don't travel through. You're not going to bother them. You got to think about the, the, the before, during, and after on any hunt, even if you're doe hunting. And that means what, What's going to happen when you go in there? How much you're going to disturb? If you shoot a deer, where is that deer going to run? Where is she going to run? Yeah. Is she going to run into a known 
big the buck thick, betting thick betting area betting area <laughs> that that you know that targeted buck that you've spent all year trying to not disturb now she's run right in there and you got to get her out of there you know things like that so um if you set yourself up on food plots and on different uh type of travel corridors that bucks aren't frequenting as much which they're there because those those they're, they're going to be at the feed every night. Nothing's yeah. going mm-hmm. nothing's going to spook a doe off feed. Nothing. And so uh, just shoot them in those type of spots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I would wait for a great shot angle, a great shot in general. Like I wouldn't press it because if you make a bad shot, your night, I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. You're going to just walk all through the timber looking for you know you don't want a mile blood trail for a doe i mean that's just the reality of it that's a good point you know so i wouldn't press a a long shot or do something stupid i would wait for the exact right scenario with a good angle and make sure that everything's kind of lined up to hopefully have a short track job yeah absolutely absolutely use that use that doe kill for a practice for a buck kill yeah and you want that shot to be perfect for a buck kill and you want the patience yeah. you want all that patience bucks are harder to take down let's face it yeah there's more blood volume there's there's just it, bug bucks are harder to take down so uh you want to use those does as practice they're a little smaller target mm-hmm. practice for shot angle shot placement and make sure everything's perfect even for that doe uh and of course rage in a cage helps too yeah you know you are in the sea Oh man, those are, say. I mean, it's you know they're they're not foolproof, but they're darn near. I mean, you hit a deer, you know, throughout any of their rib cage with that rage, and uh, it, it's it's just a deadly combination. I, I don't understand the heat that rage takes. You know, you go online and it's they take a lot of crap, and I I don't understand it because I've seen our team kill. I don't think thousands would not be an exaggeration because we'll, as a team, might kill 100 plus a year. You don't get a a big team, so that's why. But think about it. You know, we've been shooting Rage since, what, what, maybe like 04, 05? When when did Larry make that? Uh, I'm trying to think. No, it's been uh, early, early early years. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 05, 06, maybe out of somewhere in there. We've been shooting them ever since, 100, 100 a year for that many years. And by and large, haven't had any you know, mishaps and mm-hmm. people are always like, Oh, it's, you know, that you don't get, well, you know, the, 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 like you had an issue where a blade opens in flight. And like, I've only seen that maybe once or twice out of, out of thousands of kills. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if it's user error or what, cause I mean, certainly that can happen back when they had the collars and not now a lot of them are no collar, but back when you had the collar and you had to have it just right and say, you're going in the dark and, you know, your blade deployed and you didn't know it. Like I, I can understand yeah. those instances, but even that, like the first thing I do, even in the dark, when I get my arrow out of the quiver is check, check uh-huh. the broadhead yeah. before I put it on Same the, here. well, and I'll be honest with you. I was never a, a expandable uh, fan until uh, rage came out with the extreme, yeah. which, which is a Two, knife. Three. I've always been a knife blade broadhead yeah. guy. You can ask your mm-hmm. uncle Mark uh, and, and your dad, um, I shot a knife blade broadhead for years, cut on contact broadhead. Uh, so I am a big fan of those type of broadheads. Are but you saying the chisel, the chisel tip no, version? No, no, a knife a regular, blade, yeah. uh, like, a, like a knife, you yeah. know, blade, where you, sh- you actually sharpen yourself. Uh, but when Rage come out with the Rage Extreme, I was like, okay, I've got to, I got to see what these things can do. And they are incredible. It's, it's a, it's a fixed blade broadhead with a Rage behind it. Yeah. And two and 
two and two point three. Yeah, two point three inch uh, opening, and the blood trail is like nothing I've ever seen yeah. any broadhead how, ever. How do those tune versus like a, beautiful, a field point? Beautiful. They may shoot a hair low. Okay. I mean, what I mean by a hair, I mean almost not enough to move your pin. Okay. Uh, but they will. They will. They will shoot just a hair lower than a field point. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I'll take a uh, the rage. An actual rage broadhead. I don't use the practice broadhead. together. I do, and I'll 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 take um, almost like fi- that fishing line that's a cord, not 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 nylon fishing line, but the like the braided stuff. The braided fishing line. I'll tie oh two or three wraps of that, tie it off so that blade those blades mm-hmm. don't deploy, and that's what I sight my uh, rage in with. I know you you and Scott both glue yours super glue, right like yeah. an, a head that's been used you know and it's a little more dull but you'll super glue them yeah. closed and yeah accomplish yeah, the same thing now does that add much weight does that add any weight to uh, it uh, to the the people that freak out about you know yeah. grams and stuff like I, I shoot it without a collar obviously it doesn't need a collar so i just figure it's Offsets. probably just a yeah wash at yeah. that point but close well, enough. Bottom line is you do need to always shoot the exact broadhead that you're going to hunt with. And if it hits any different or flies any different, you need to make the adjustments. So I I got some practice, rage practice, which they don't make them anymore. I just had some from, you know, years ago, rage practice heads. Yes. But then I also have like field points and I don't really see a big difference. And I mean, again, like I'm not super technical but I don't see a big difference in how they fly. That's that's the beauty of it is that that that's the beauty of rage. I don't really see any difference in that's, it, frankly. That, but I'm not that good of a shot either. <laughs> so it's like, oh, hit about an inch this way this time and an yeah. inch that way. Well, and, and and that's that's a big differentiator between uh, a cut on contact. A lot of times you will have like it will fly different than your field tips. Absolutely, because you have uh, wind planing. The, the profile is very different. Yeah, the profile is different. So you know, you know, bottom line is th- that's the beauty of rage. They they fly like field tips. And what is the best thing for penetration, proper arrow flight, proper arrow flight and, and, and kinetics behind that, that arrow. I would have said dinner and a date. Yeah. Well, that's you. Wait. Oh, no. All right. We better oh. move on. What's this? What's next? Man, that's not like it costs money. Yikes, that's an innuendo, friend. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the question of the day. Yeah, uh, palate cleanser. Question of the I day. I have said that. Yeah, it's proudly brought to you by Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. And uh, it's Dustin Kohler here. Let's go. Let's go, Dustin. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Dustin Kohler, and I am from Arnold, Missouri. I um, actually have a, a farm that we hunt on or a piece of property down in Madison County, Missouri. But my question is, you know, what are the best tactics for planting uh, early season food plots to make sure that the deer are, uh, you know, getting to these plots in the appropriate amount of time to make sure that we kind of create a home base for them on our property. Thank you. Well, Dustin, first off, you're in Madison County, Missouri, um, and it's tougher to grow big whitetails down there, but there are, there is an area along the Castor River in Madison County, Missouri, that has great genetics for big whitetails. I would say, First and foremost, make sure you plant your food plots away from the roads uh, where, people, you know, <laughs> Road hunters. What, other Madison yeah, County. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just saying um, uh, just uh, 
the way the the way of life down there you don't want your deer being seen from the road very much yeah. so uh set yourself up for success seriously by planning your food plot in in areas where they're not easily seen by the road um you know and, and i'd say try and plant close to creek bottoms and places where that you got a little more moisture um sometimes it's 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 a little rougher ground down there mm. so you want to you want to again set yourself up for, for success in where you're choosing food plots i i personally like to plant a food plot in a spot that's already good so so dustin pick out the spot that Deer are already hit coming through. You already got tree stands in the, in the, in the areas and they're already traveling through. Maybe it's a part portion of your hay field or ag that you have down there or whatever. And so you're picking a spot that's already good. They're already traveling and then plant a food plot. And then it's going to just get that much better. As far as early season, if he's looking for a food source that's you know better for early season palatability, you might want to look into something like deer radishes or you know some. If you're saying you want them to come there early season, but this is the plot you know the only plot you'll have, I would look into something like last bite maybe that mm. kind of covers you throughout the whole year. Or you know if you planted last bite and you put a little extra clover in it, non-typical clover, you can then go in and frost seed it in February and then you have a clover plot. So that's another, another thing. Absolutely. Great, great point, Matt. Um, uh, do it. I would highly recommend a clover based all fall plot to start, uh, and eventually emphasis on the frost seeding and bringing it to just a clover food plot down, down the road. And if you want to plant some fall, some radishes, turnip, uh, winter bulbs, sugar mm -hmm. beets, whatever, plant half that, or, you know yeah. uh, down the road but establish that clover because uh, deer love clover almost more than anything else and if you're is. just planting now you're not going to get the clover to no. do anything you got to plant something else that you can then turn into a clover plot which is that's what last bite that's what we do when we want to clover establish a clover plot we'll uh -huh. put in last bite put a extra non-typical clover in with it and which it already has a clover in it i think and then you go in a frost seed and you literally you're you're set like it's going to be a lush beautiful clover plot come spring mm -hmm. and then and then all then from that point forward dustin uh, um first off green is the thing for early season i i think green is the answer and so we're talking clover or and last bite uh and then all it is it comes down to is is keeping it mowed fertilized maintain frost seed and uh and hopefully get a lot of rain <laughs> you probably depending on how the soil is down there i don't know but i based on how you're talking about it i i would think you might need to lime the hell out of it so you might want to do a soil test oh and, yeah yeah absolutely and, uh, and do that first to see what what it's lacking yep. bring bring that soil up whatever you got to do to bring it up to that 6.8 to 7.0 uh uh ph level yeah mm -hmm. yeah so there you go dustin um, so if you want to leave us a question of the day and be on air, just hit the link that's in the show notes and, uh, you may hear yourself on the show. And if you do shoot me a message on the rack pack and we'll get you a hundred percent wild podcast hat. <clears throat> now it's time for the wildlife word. The thing everyone's been waiting for. It's brought to you by Tenzing outdoors makers of the hang time day pack. Go further, hunt longer with Tenzing. Okay, so New Zealand deer ranchers are creating a new demand in fine dining for this tasty treat. Is it A, 
deer hoof shavings, B, deer milk, C, deer eyelashes, or D, deer cartilage? All sounds gross what to they, me. What are they eating? Steve. I'm going to say deer hoof shavings. Mm, delicious. Like Fritos. Well, they're, they're obviously having to pull from a source continuously, right? So if it's deer cartilage, then they have to actually... Kill the deer? Yeah. It's like you didn't want to say that. Well, <laughs> no, but... But they have a ton of deer there, don't they? In New Zealand? Like... I don't know. That, that I don't know. I felt like they do. Mm, okay. I don't know. Like, they, that's actual, like, a farming resource there, is it not? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, they, they're not wild sourcing this stuff. These yeah. are captive deer. I'm saying deer milk. I don't know. B. Do you do know milk? it is it is deer milk. <laughs> yes, it's apparently more nutritious than than cow milk. I'd like to try the hoof so shavings. <laughs> well, you can do that on Need your own. A little own more this fiber fall. in your diet, do you? <laughs> your wife's like, "What is?" I'm this? not into deer milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're making ice cream treats out of it. Mm. Yeah, cooking with it. Mm, no. All right, not going to do it. <laughs> nice, nice. Circle back. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, we, uh, we need to give a shout out to Dustin Wiseman, who is our 1,000th Rack Pack member. Dustin is the guy that we use for, I just thought you mentioned this the other day, the name, and it didn't dawn on me. Like He's the guy that we use for all of our bean and corn like that we buy through. Small world. It is a small. Is this congratulations, Dustin? <laughs> you win nothing. <laughs> like the whole, the, what is that? Oh, Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. sir win nothing. <laughs> I think every child should watch that movie. Oh, it's horrific. It'll make you think twice about disobeying. Yeah, Veruca Salt. Yeah, I was a abused child. I, I, I. <laughs> Whoa. I grew up watching Kurt Gowdy, you know, American oh, Sportsman. Yeah. Uh, Marty Stauffer. Marty Stauffer, stuff like that. I, I didn't. Uh, Until next time, I enjoy didn't. our wild America. Yes, us, yes. All Love those my hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But you well, say the that. Rack Pack continues to grow. I mean, we, we just had a major influx of people. I think folks are inviting their friends to see the shenanigans. They don't all necessarily listen to the program, but they're in that rack pack, mm-hmm. certainly. We'll take them. We're sooner or later going to get you into the We're going to get you. We're going to get you. This is how we start. It's all like, uh, like fun and games over in the rack pack, and then you come over and listen to an episode of the podcast, and we suck you in. We hit them with the serious stuff over the here. Hunt. Yeah. Well, Mark LeCount watched last week's show with Kyle Lamore. He said, great stuff, guys. Really enjoyed this one. Kyle was awesome. Funny, great guy, personality. The golf cart story was hilarious. I agree. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Still healing. How's the bruise it? coming along? It's starting to disappear. Okay. But the leg is, man, I was at the farm Tuesday doing some food plot work, and I was wearing my lacrosse and the lace-ups, and I got home that night, and I guess maybe from th- that is the foot that you, you know, gas and break mm-hmm. and all that stuff and just being on the tractor all day like it was swollen not the part that was under the boot but the rest of the leg was so swollen <laughs> it my, cankles yeah my wife's like what the hell happened to you and i'm like i 
think this is from the golf cart entry <laughs> to bring that back. <laughs> she was even more impressed with you. Yeah. Oh, husband. disappointed. <laughs> Mark says, don't worry, Matt. Just before you hit 50, the light bulb comes on and you'll settle down a bit. Oh, well, I got nine years to figure it out. <laughs> Looking forward to episode 300. Put your thinking caps on. You almost have to have a special guest for that one. Great job, guys. Love what you're doing. Don't stop with the sound bites. In fact, add more. Mm. Well. Good sound bites. The earlier, the earlier gas thing was real. It wasn't the sound bites. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> we sample our own audio. Thank you. I got diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> you know who that is? <laughs> no. Joe Eichster. <laughs> the voice should have, should have I kicked off. Uh, sorry, Joe. <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If you just keep naming all the team members, I'll keep telling you who's listening. (laughs) They aren't. (laughs) Lucille, if you're out there watching, she's not watching the show. We love you, Lucy. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think I named like four people that Steve is like, hey, if you're watching, I'm like, they're not. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You want to try for some more? No, no, no. Oh, just just realize no one's listening. No one's listening. Nobody. I don't even know why you're on. I. Don't know either. Just happy to be here. <laughs> Had some spare time. Yeah, did he? Wandered in off the street. <laughs> All right. I got some farming to do later, so we got to get moving, Tim. All right. Let's do it. All right. We're going to welcome some new, some new Rack Pack members. Speaking of the Rack Pack, it's a private Facebook group. Very private. All you got to do is go search Jury Outdoors Rack Pack. And you'll find it. Yeah. And then you're going to answer a couple dumb questions, and then mm-hmm. uh, then you're in. If you happen to be watching this right now. Yeah, I mean, that's our listening. That's yes. the thing. If you're not, don't worry about it. Yes. Okay. Every week, Tim gives me a list of names. Every week, I butcher them. Every week, there's a fake one. We have to figure out who, Stevie. Oh, okay. All right. So we got Robert Cardenas. Cardenas. We got John Clausen, Rich K., Mm. Rich K, mm. Mark Boltman, Mike Bennett, Chase Crooker, mm-hmm. Chase Crooker. He spells Chase weirdly. Mm. Olivia Burkholder, oh. Kyle Lamar, that son of a gun. <laughs> he was just on the podcast, and we're like, you're not even in the rack pack. <laughs> so we got Kyle, uh, Josh Phillips, and Ron Anderson. Who the hell's oh. the fake name? Chase Crooker, oh. Chase Crooker. Oh. Uh, wow. Mark Boltman. Josh, Ronnie, I got nothing. This, this is three-dimensional, guys. Rob Burkardinas. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's never heard his name pronounced like that in his whole life. <laughs> I'm trying to really sound everything out, see if there's a hidden message. <laughs> no, it's hiding in plain sight. It's Kyle Lamore. Even though he said he was going to join the Rack Pack, he still Oh, joined. he still hasn't joined. That son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. That was my gonna. That was gonna be my answer. Sure, Steve. Of course, <laughs> of course, the team member is not gonna join up. That's silly. Why would they support a venture of ours? <laughs> I mean, we're just. Are, is here. Steve in the rack? Are you in the rack pack? Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Get off our set. He will I, be by sir, next week. Get off the it. dais. I never knew it existed. <laughs> yeah, well, that means you don't listen. <laughs> I bet you've listened to how many podcasts did you say you were on of ours? Uh, Has it been two or two three? Two or three. Yeah. I bet he's listened to two, two or three. Two or three. Yeah. <laughs> Playback yeah. for quality control. Yeah. Yeah. I Someone's think I, I think to. I listened to um, 
Cus Strickland oh. and Paul Butsky uh. and Rob Keck. Okay, you've oh, been on a few. You you've listened to a yeah. few. Yes. Yep. And Michael Waddell. I've had all the <clears throat> the great guests on before the working class, little Curtis has. <laughs> they keep getting our guests after we have them. Although, we, I said to Tim, I'm like, hey, we should have Wade on. And then the next day, Wade showed up on working class saying that, he's never, bugged. that he's never been on a podcast before. I'm like, this son of a... I told him... It's a huge honor, guys. I told Tim, I was like, we, we're going to push Wade back a little bit. <laughs> never been on a podcast. I don't even know how this works. Well, I... I um... Of course, appreciate. I, I, it's fun doing these things. If you, again, wonder if you're, we're having fun. We're having fun. Shout out to everybody having fun out we're there. We're having fun. <laughs> and uh, you know, this is this is a cool thing. And yep. and keep keep up the good work. Hey, whatever thanks. work, whatever, however good it may be. Yeah. And well, I'm a big boy. We look forward to seeing your season this year. Seeing if you knock down that 170. I. I appreciate it. I, uh, last year was, uh, and we're getting ready to do uh, some interviews on that here at the studio, but uh, last year was very challenging for me and end up uh, getting the target buck, the target buck and the only, the biggest buck that I knew of under uh, pretty tough circumstances. Yeah. And I've got it a little, I got a little bit better this year, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to come home with the harvest. Each year stands on its own. Yeah, Yeah, there's a pressure there. It's like you're expected to. Yeah. It's kind of easy. It's no, no. I think that's the, you know, the, the, I don't know, urban legend uh, that people have about people that hunt on film uh, in, in, in television shows and, 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 Pot, you know, or uh, uh, web shows, whatever, whatever it may the be. Hell this is. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Radio dramas. It, they just the, those monster bucks just don't travel by us day in and day out. I mean, uh, they or just ever. don't. <laughs> you know, they really don't. It's it's you're just. I've always said this. You're seeing the best few minutes of months and months of of work and in, in preparation and. Uh, you're seeing all the all that condensed down to a to a 10 15 minute piece you know right. so hopefully yeah. it's good yeah <laughs> if not you're out <laughs> you're done you're all done that. i got a lot of problems with you people speaking of we've already got some people auditioning for guest spots on the uh the rack pad or the uh, the podcast yeah this here program so we'll see how that goes <laughs> Okay. Some 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 of the audition reels have been funny. Some are kind of flat. And if they're flat, you may not get the call up, fellas. Yeah. It's nothing against you. Well, but it is you. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're serious. Yeah, we've, we've. This has been the only time you've been serious this whole show. We're, but go we're, ahead. Sorry. We're auditioning for some of the Rack Pack members to be guests oh. on the, this here program. Aha. Program. And who exactly is looking through the auditions? Tim. And then he shows me. Ah. And so both of us. Both of us. <laughs> you made it sound like we did something wrong. But you well, have Tim, access Tim first. did it. And uh, <laughs> I was there. he just told me about it. Okay, Rack Pack <laughs> members, if you're watching right now, which you probably are, good luck. <laughs> There's a chance Shout that not many of you are going to make the cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be offended. All right. Okay. I think we've had enough of Let's this. Let's shut it down. i got to get to the farm. Next and then another farm. And then back to the first farm. Dang, Continue. Farming it up today. Yeah. All uh, right. Next week's episode 280. Quick mention. Uh, of course, DeerCast. What's uh, what's Mark's prediction for this year's uh, rut Is it in quick general? I don't know yet. We haven't shot the interviews, actually. I think the moon, I don't think they're crazy about this year's moon based on what we've been talking about, like just via text. And... Um, 
I think it's going to make it a tough. It's, I think the full moon's October the 9th or somewhere in there. So if we have a cool front in early October, you might get lucky there on some green. Uh, I think uh, the middle of the month is going to suck potentially, especially if it gets warm. Mm. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think that puts the full moon in November probably around the 10th or so. Yeah, be about yeah. So, you know, you're thinking afternoons in the first week of November would be better, which is not really ideal, like, right? I mean, you wish that it would be morning movement, good morning movement. Right. And then, um, I think gun season could be pretty good, actually, which is maybe not great for <laughs> the deer. Yeah. So I, w- I say all this to – I preface this to say I know nothing <laughs> – I was gonna say, like, who's Mark Drury? We just we should we have Matt, the real. Matt Drury. What are your What are your thoughts on it, Steve? You know way more than I do. Well, I, obviously, I, I'm a big. If the moon's active, that deer can be active. You know, from, uh, rising and falling. And Mark and Terry are big believers in that as well. And I don't go just by that, but I do uh, select my. You know, it's it's big on tree stand selection or blind selection where you're going to be hunting. And you mentioned about a full moon November 10th. Well, if you have a full moon and it's active in the middle of the day, yeah, the hunting's going to suck, but be back in security cover because the time of the rut is in the Midwest will be almost the peak. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be locked down with does. So you want to be in that security cover throughout m- midday. You, you know, so you think, well, it it's sucks. All day. Yeah, you can. You, you, Bring the water bottle. You know, here's the thing. When it starts getting tough like that, yeah. and Mark's predicting possibly uh, maybe not so much a, uh, a tougher moon phase, uh, which means maybe a tougher rut, uh, those moon phases just expose different parts of the rut, as does weather, th- than others. So mm-hmm. take advantage of what the uh, expo- what that moon phase will expose. And if it exposed midday movement, that means you got to spend more time in a tree. That means you got to... Work harder to to have the same results. Yeah. Again, don't quote me on anything I said. Oh, crud. Regretting. No, because like you said, your uncle Mark and uh, they haven't and Terry they haven't done their predictions yet. Yeah. I know nothing. I say this again. Uh, I don't even know that that's the right day for the full moon. (laughs) Bottom line is it's hunting and you know hunt when you can you know so forth. But deer cast is. Just pay attention to deer cast, man. It's all going to be on the deer cast. We're filming this on the 12th here in August. Full moon was yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Close. So yes. I'm close on those dates. I mean, yes. roughly. Yeah, it's going to be within a few days. talking about the Earth yeah. moon, right? Yes. Okay. The only moon, Tim. There's lots of moons in the solar system. Well, in our world. <laughs> yeah. The man-given moon. But, you know, bear, bear in mind, and you mentioned about warm weather. Uh, weather, weather can trump moon sometimes, yeah. too. So. Yeah, they say it all the time. Yep. All right. Now, can we please? Let me get out of this. Go. <laughs> Before I say something else that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all, everything you know about barometer, Matt. <laughs> It rises and it falls. Hey, there you go. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We're sorry. Until next time, peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.